Psalm 88. O Yahweh, God of my salvation, I cry out day and night before you. Let my prayer come before you. Incline your ear to my cry. For my soul is full of troubles and my life draws near to Sheol. I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I'm a man who has no strength like one set loose among the dead, like the slain that lie in the grave, like those whom you remember no more, for they are cut off from your hand. You've put me in the depths of the pit, in the regions dark and deep. Your wrath lies heavy upon me, and you overwhelm me with all your waves. You've caused my companions to shun me. You've made me a horror to them. I am shut in so that I cannot escape. My eye grows dim through sorrow. Every day I call upon you, O Yahweh. I spread out my hands to you. Do you work wonders for the dead? Do the departed rise up to praise you? Is your steadfast love declared in the grave or your faithfulness in Abaddon? Are your wonders known in the darkness or your righteousness in the land of forgetfulness? But I, O Yahweh, cry to you. In the morning, my prayer comes before you. O Yahweh, why do you cast my soul away? Why do you hide your face from me? Afflicted and close to death from my youth up, I suffer your terrors. I am helpless. Your wrath has swept over me. Your dreadful assaults destroy me. They surround me like a flood all day long. They close in on me together. You've caused my beloved and my friend to shun me. My companions have become darkness. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So this is the darkest lament we find in the Psalms, appropriate for an evening such as this. It is a prayer for times when we are deeply troubled in our souls, when we feel utterly alone in our despair. This dark prayer doesn't end well. It's dark all the way through. This dark prayer is actually a gift for such times a gift that points us to the great gift of God's Son. We can be confused. We can be embarrassed by a prayer like this, too afraid to speak to God in such terribly honest ways, but it is fully authorized for our use. It is God's own word tested and approved by the Son of God himself. Jesus was faithful to his Father. Jesus was perfect in his devotion to God, and everything was taken away from him. His beloved friends fled from his side, shunning him, betraying him, Every comfort was removed. He was stripped. He was beaten. He was humiliated publicly. He was crucified. Jesus suffered greater injustice than anyone who ever lived. He lost more than we can even imagine. He found himself dreadfully alone, apparently abandoned even by God on the cross. Jesus, more than anyone, could cry out this prayer. You have put me in the depths of the pit, in the regions dark and deep. Your wrath lies heavy upon me, and you overwhelm me with all your waves. You've caused my companions to shun me. We can hear Jesus praying this. On the cross, Jesus endured ultimate suffering, and he was not bitter. He was not resentful toward God. He did not lose his mind for the pain. He faithfully attributed his suffering 
to the will of God, to the plan of God, even on the cross. As we heard from Isaiah 53, it was the will of Yahweh to crush him for our sins. God's wrath was heavy upon him. God's wrath toward our sins swept over Jesus. Those dreadful assaults destroyed him instead of us, destroyed him in our place. Jesus was crucified, dead, and buried. His body went cold in the tomb. He went down to the pit, the place where the dead are forgotten. And he went there for our salvation. Because of Jesus, we know the first gift God gives us is that he spares us from being absolutely God-forsaken. This is the prayer of the God-forsaken, and Jesus actually spares us from being absolutely God-forsaken. In his mercy and in his grace, no matter the troubles we face, we will never be able to pray this dread prayer the same way Jesus did. It's impossible. We will never truly know the full measure of what it means to be utterly abandoned by God. Jesus went to the cross and to the grave in order to spare us from the oblivion of eternal death. And he did it. Jesus, the crucified, our mediator, he prayed this in the dark. And that means we have the gift of praying in the dark with him when we're in the dark. When you're in the dark and it seems like God doesn't hear you, you are welcome to tell him exactly what this psalmist does. To tell God to incline his ear to hear your cry. To say, you did this to me, why have you done it? You are welcome to bend his ear and direct your complaints to God. It is holy to experience a terrible, desperate awkwardness in not hearing back from God immediately. That's holy. Jesus, the Holy One, experienced that same thing on the cross. And you are invited to talk to God in the same way he is. God is not embarrassed to be addressed with this prayer. God is not ashamed of the state of our relationship when we pray this way when we feel we're abandoned by him. God is not worried that this prayer reflects poorly on him. In fact, he has said that this psalm reveals him as he truly is. It reveals the way our relationship with him can be sometimes. It's no weak witness or faithless testimony to others when you pray this way. In fact, it's a wonderful testimony when you pray this way because at the end of the day, you are continuing to pray, aren't you? You're continuing to direct your attention to God. As for me, I will direct my cries to God. The Christian with a troubled soul will pray. Even to the God he feels isn't listening. God has given you something to say to him in the darkness, and that is a gift. That is a real gift, a prayer like this. Here's another gift. Since Jesus has prayed in the dark, you know you are not alone, even if that's exactly how it feels. Jesus can relate to you when you pray this prayer. God can relate to you because Jesus is God. God has prayed this prayer as a human being suffering in the dark. God can relate to you. He is your true companion. He weeps with those who weep. He prays with those who pray. If you're despairing, <clears throat> if you're lonely, if you're troubled in soul, Jesus knows what that is like. 
Therefore, God knows what that is like. Even if you're overwhelmed by all God's waves, his assaults destroy you and you die and lie forgotten in the grave, you're not alone and you never will be alone. You are in good company because Jesus has gone into all those places before you in order to meet you there. He went all the way into the land of oblivion to assure you that you will never be forgotten by God. He went all the way into the outer darkness of God-forsakenness to assure you that God will never leave you nor forsake you. God has gone into all the God-forsaken places to meet you there. That's the real gift of knowing Jesus has prayed this prayer. And here's the final gift in the darkness that I want to mention briefly. God has condescended to relate to us, yes, but perhaps, perhaps the highest gift of all is giving us the honor of relating to him. He relates to us. That's a big deal. He also makes it possible for us to relate to him. When you suffer and pray a dark prayer like this, you know something of what it's like to be God in this world. You know something of what it's like to be Jesus, the Son of God himself in the flesh. When you suffer the pain of your beloved or your friends or your companions being no real help to you in time of need, God is granting you the honor of knowing what it's like to be him. It is the highest privilege for you to be able to look at Jesus in his suffering, to know something of what he feels, to be able to empathize with him and relate to him, to know what it's like for God to be the God that he is in this life. God has wept so that you may weep with the God who wept. God has opened his life to you, letting you share his own experiences in this world, inviting you to pray in the dark, even as he himself has prayed in the dark. If God were a human being relating to God, that would be Jesus praying this psalm. When you pray this psalm in Jesus' name, you are sharing in God's divine knowledge of himself. Like it or not, this is the best answer to the deepest question of the psalm. Why have you done this to me, God? God has done it. God has arranged for your sufferings in order to connect with you there. You may have a hard time conceiving it. You may barely be able to believe it. But it doesn't matter what kind of suffering you're enduring. God is with you. God has given you something to say to him in the dark, and he gives you the freedom really to pray it. God knows what you're going through. He can relate to you. And in fact, you're being given a taste of what it's like to be Jesus because he loves you and he wants you to know him and to be like him. Amen. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, when your son came into the world, he spoke a lot about a cross. And we've heard his many words from the cross this evening. And we know that the cross is a place where we're supposed to meet you and see who you really are. And we've even been called to pick up our own crosses and follow you, to meet you in those places where you have gone before us.
And these things all seem rather terrible to us, except for Jesus. Except for the fact that he is your son. Except for the fact that he is love incarnate. Except for the fact that relationship with him and knowing him means eternal life. So we will go where you lead us in order to meet Jesus and be with him forever. And we pray that you would have mercy on us. In Jesus' name, amen.